You are listening from Two to You, Thriving After Divorce Radio. Do you remember the promises you made to yourself before you said, I do? It may be time for some new vows. Host Sarah Luz is a gifted intuitive healer, divorce mentor, and life coach for women who decide to leave negative stories behind them and chart a new course to all that is possible. Let Sarah talk you through the doubt and fear so you can face your future with clarity and determination. Sarah understands leaving a relationship can feel like leaving a part of yourself behind forever. Learn to feel whole, wholly you as Sarah's intuition and experience in advanced DNA theta healing, Reiki, and other therapies help you light your own path forward to a future that's just for you. From two to you, Thriving After Divorce Radio starts now. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Luce, and this is Two to You, Thriving After Divorce Radio. I am the creator of the Inspired Divorce Program, where we're using spiritual tools to do divorce better. I'm out to debunk the uh, astigmatism around divorce, that divorce is bad and has to be avoided at all costs. And with uh, 50% of our marriages now ending in divorce, I believe that as a culture, we really have to focus on healthy ways to deal with the byproducts of divorce more effectively. It's my goal to help us have the tools to create a happily even after divorce scenario for us and our children. For more than 17 years now, I've been working with women to help them heal their emotional wounds and to get them to have the courage to leave a relationship that isn't serving their best interests, and especially if it's not serving the best interests of their children. My work provides the empowerment and eliminates the overwhelming sense of doubt so that you regain your confidence and ultimately tap into your higher self so that you can create the life you crave. And I am so excited today to be able to introduce you to a very special guest. Dr. Shannon LaRoche LaRoque is a licensed clinical psychologist, a registered play therapist, and a trauma specialist who works with kids and families. And it's Shannon's expertise to deal with a subject of divorce and how it impacts families. And I know that the majority of my clients and women that I speak to, the number one reason they stay in an unhealthy relationship tends to be because of their kids. So it is a great privilege and honor to include Shannon on the show today. Shannon, welcome. Thanks, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here. Um, You know, all too often by the time families get to my office, it almost feels like it's too late to have a big impact. And I hate to say it's ever too late, but it's really important to have a chance to reach people earlier in the divorce process and talk about tools and strategies that can really help from the outset and make a difference. Um, So thank you for wanting to get this valuable information out to people so that they can be better parents from the beginning or at least the beginning of the divorce, which contrary to popular belief, isn't the end of anything. Yeah. And I love, you know, you and I've spoken a bit before the show, obviously, and talked about some of these points. And I love you and I are on the same page. Like you can start early on in the process 
and just manage it in such a better way. So that's what today's show is about, everybody. Shannon's got some really valuable advice, so I hope you'll stay with us to the end. It's going to be a packed show. Shannon, let's just start right off from the beginning. Um, What's your opinion about, you know, is there such a thing as having a good divorce? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but I do believe that you can have a good divorce. It's all about how you handle it. And it's our it's our approach to divorce that makes it negative or positive. I think it's really important for parents to remember that they can love each other through a divorce. And it's that type of love that I believe is the foundation of a real family. And, you know, you're a family forever, even through a divorce and after a divorce. Um, You know, I grew up believing that or being told that divorce was sort of intrinsically bad, that there was no way to make it okay. Um, But I have found in my practice with families and over the years that it's, it's how you handle it that frames how the divorce is going to be explained and ex- and defined and experienced by your kids. And there really is such a thing as a good divorce, as hard as that may be to believe. Yeah. And that's so important. It is so, so important. So it's this information that, you know, like we prepare ourselves. So speaking of preparation then, so it's, Shannon, what exactly is it, you know, that needs to happen for the kids to feel like the parents are having a good divorce? What does that look like? You know, from the kids' perspective, I think it's pretty simple and clear what makes a good divorce or what makes a divorce good. It's everybody still loving each other or at least having the wherewithal to act like they love each other. Um, and, And I know it can be difficult for parents who have, seem to stop loving each other to keep loving each other. So what I hope is that parents can focus that love on the kids. Um, And to some degree, that does also mean being loving, respectful, kind, at least civil to the other parents. You know, for kids, what we know when we look around and see how different families are created and made, kids don't care if their parents are married or living together. They don't really care about relationship status. Um, We know that kids can be happy in a wide variety of family systems. What matters to kids is how their parents treat each other and how they uh, behave in their relationships with each other. And also how the parent... um, treats the child's relationship with their other parent and not putting them in the middle. Um, you know, I've, I've been divorced. Uh, I didn't have kids, but when you don't have kids, divorce is to some degree easier because you aren't obligated and motivated to stay connected through your children. But then having a divorce where you're awful to one another and destroy one another doesn't matter as much because you're only subjecting yourselves to the misery. Um, but when it really matters is when you have kids and, um, I, I, it, people end up spending years miserably married and then it finally ends and they spend a few more years 
miserably divorced, instead of finding a way to come together through the division um, and finding a guiding principle to guide them. And I think that can be your kids, your true north. Which is so amazing. And I'm just going to take a second here to say, you know, this, the, the reason Shannon's here, I really believe in teaching tools to bring out your higher self, to really learn how to go backwards and leverage the love that you had in your relationship, because it is possible. So what Shannon's really talking about is how do we find our higher self? How do we find the love that you once shared and leverage it so that you show up as a better adult and especially for your kids, right, Shannon? So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Grow, grow through this process. Um, you know, everyone has learning to do in this. So, Shannon, you know, I know that our listeners, probably one of the most important things they want to know, we're going to probably have to split this over the break, but can you tell us what is the best advice for telling your kids that you are getting a divorce? Right. So this is the hardest part. (laughs) Um, And I think there are two parts of telling your kids about your divorce. Um, There is what I, I, what I call the meta messages, which start getting delivered in the family meeting. Um, that I think is the ideal way to do this, um, to start this process. But those meta messages continue throughout the divorce process. Um, And to some degree, I think these bigger messages that we send to our kids about what's happening in the family and how they're gonna handle it, how everyone's gonna handle it is the most important part. But then the second part is there's also like the relevant details, the the things that really matter to the kids. And that's the second part. But I think that ideally this starts in a family meeting. Um, and I know that families I talk with, um, you know, years, decades later, kids remember how this meeting felt much more than they remember the details that maybe their parents said. Um, but they remember this because it really sets the stage and how your parents handle this is very telling. And it can be very telling in my practice, um, even diagnostics sometimes, how, how healthy a family is based on how they handle this event. Um, but when it's not handled well, you know, I think what's important to remember what we know is that the kids are the ones who pay, pay the price um, when mm-hmm. parents don't work together to prioritize their kids above their own emotional turmoil over this, this split, this, you know, this change in the family, which is a really big deal. So this is the first opportunity for parents to work together to frame the story about this for the kids. And so I have, you know, I I think there's some very simple, straightforward advice that is true for every family, even though the circumstances can be different. Um, you know, I think it is really important in this day and age with the technology that we are surrounded by that this is a moment that you sit down together as a family and you you do it together, you do it in person. I, I hope parents sit down, they plan it, they prepare it. You should, you know, they should be writing things down. You want to settle all of your disagreements about how you're going to talk about it before you sit down with the kids, right? This is a finished product when you sit down with the kids. Um, as much as it can be, obviously it is an emotional moment 
to share all of this. And I think it's important for that to be okay too. You don't want this so rehearsed and practiced that there is no real emotion, but you don't want to let your emotions as the parent dominate the day. You know, I want, you want to start putting your kids first right then and there and hold space for them to have their feelings about the news, expect them to be upset, allow them to feel whatever they feel. You know, it's not at this point, it's not about you. It is about them. Um, And so I really think this is an important moment for families in this transition. So Shannon, I know we're going to have to go to a quick commercial break, but I just want to reemphasize this part so far. We're, we're talking about you, you plan it, you plan it together as the parents, you're going to practice, you're going to know you're doing it in person, and you're going to manage to get your emotions reeled in so that you can be confident and kind and loving in that meeting. Is that a good summary for so far? Absolutely. Exactly. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. I know we have to take a quick commercial break. Stay with us. There's so many more things we're going to be talking about right after this commercial break. We're going to be talking about the actual messaging that we share with our kids and answer a lot of questions that have come through um, from many of our clients over the years. We'll be right back. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, Our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. 
The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truths, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. All right, welcome back. This is Two to You Radio. And I am so pleased that I have with me Dr. Shannon LaRock. And right before the break, we were talking about if you're getting a divorce, how you share that information in the best way with your children. So we're going to dive back in, finishing up the question. Shannon was sharing with us that there are important meta messages that need to be communicated in the family meeting when you're sharing this information with your kids. Shannon, what are those messages? You want to take it from the top there? Yeah, you know, so meta messages are messages that we communicate whether or not we're saying the exact words, but we communicate our meta messages with actions, intentions, energy, how, you know, how you come together, the energy and effort you put into the meeting. And the kids really see that this is an opportunity for the kids to really see that their parents, mom and dad, mom and mom, are setting aside their conflict to put the kids first. And it's it's a big deal. Um, and so there are lots of meta messages that I, I hope get communicated, that can get communicated in this first meeting, um, that are so important for your kids to hear, to really understand what's going on beyond the details, but underneath the what, what's really important. So I think these messages are, we are still a family and we will always be a family. Um, we're going to put you first and not give in to the crazy that can happen after the words, <laughs> after, after parents say the word divorce, you know, which they've seen in schools and friends. And you can tell your kids that, they, you're going to get to see both of us. We are never going to ask you to pick sides. Uh, you know, so like we were talking about, we are going to love each other through this divorce or at least love the kids. Um, and, and while these are meta messages, they also are messages that parents can communicate explicitly as well. It's good for the kids to hear it. It's good for the parents to say it. Um, it's better if it's true. <laughs> um, mm. And And so... You know, to some degree, these meta messages are more important and more impactful to the kids than the actual details of the split, which you, you know, share later. But this, the the meta messages answer the question, the big central question to kids, which is, how are things going to be moving forward? Is this the pronouncement of war? Is the, everything that they've known going to be completely destroyed? Or is this just our parents trying to sort of help us awkwardly transition into this next chapter of our life still as a family? I'm going to, I'm just going to interject there for a second, Shannon, because, you know, this is the important part. I mean, if we're not looking at divorce as this nasty place in our life that is, you know, that where everybody gets to, you know, 
implode, explode, everything's horrible. If we learn how to manage the energy of divorce in a great way, you can actually have this be just a transition, a transition to a new way of being together, and it can be positive. So I think that's so, so important. And most people don't realize that. And so that's, I know that's what you and I are really focused on teaching and bringing that to the light and hopefully changing that in our culture. So, and I'm, yeah. But it, but it is important. And what we see in the families that we work with is that while what I'm saying is ideal, it is not always easy. And, mm-hmm. and it is hard because your relationship with the other parent is much more complicated than just the shared mutual love of your children. Yeah. But this is a chance to show your kids that even though this isn't easy, you're going to do it anyway. Show them that you are willing to put them first. Show them that they are more important than whatever is making you angry about the other parent. Yeah, it's and- time to, I always say it's time to put on your big girl pants, right? It's like you got to put all the stuff aside and put on your big girl pants and show up for your kids, right? Right. And... This is the first chance to show your kids you mean it, that you can be collaborative in your approach to this split, that you can put your ego and your hurt and your anger aside. And if you can't, if it is too hard for you, and and sometimes because of the emotional circumstances, it is too hard, it's okay. And that's when parents can ask for help and find resources and support. And Sarah, that's where you and I come in, supporting parents through these difficult transitions in their lives and providing emotional growth and spiritual healing because that, that is, it is an opportunity for that if nothing else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we all need to swallow our pride sometimes and recognize when, you know, you're just in over your head and I, you know, like need to throw out the life preserver, ask for help. So if you're in that place where emotionally you're struggling and you need the help, please, um, you know, reach out. There are people, myself, Shannon, other resources that you can turn to for sure. Um, and it's so, so important as it relates to your children. We did, um, just the way your divorce is handled will make such a massive impact on the children for sure. So Shannon, we've talked about these meta messages Can we get into some of the practical details about the divorce? What's going to change for the kids? How does that need to be handled? Right. So um, there are, when parents get divorced, there are relevant practical details that need to be addressed. But what I think is the most important word is relevant. Um, Because all too often I see parents want to include their children in details of the split that are not relevant, the messiness, the ugliness, asking them to take sides without asking them. And as you were saying, it can be awful and destructive for the kids. You know, that your divorce is going to be a central, can be, will be a central moment in their lives, but you can determine whether it's a positive or a negative force. Mm -hmm. And so I urge parents, I plead with them at times, uh, you know, not to give in to this impulse. Um, so, but in that first family meeting or two, the kids do need to hear about the relevant changes that they can expect and what they need to prepare for. So for kids, this really means school changes, house changes, 
hopefully just as you've approached this family meeting together, parents are going to work together to minimize these changes and have cooperative households to support the family going back and forth going forward. Um, so, so Shannon, too, what you what you're saying is you're coming into the meeting prepared to share with your kids how it's going to look, how it's going to feel. And you've done some planning, like you've actually had conversations about how you're going to make this work. So you're preparing ahead, even for the lifestyle changes, correct? As best I you can. If to, for parents to do this as their best selves, I, you know, they need to put in the work before this meeting to sit down together and work collaboratively on the details of their split, at least on the details that impact the kids. Yeah. Um, on, on the stuff that they need to know for this meeting. And so that is really where am I going to live and where am I going to go to school for the kids? And so parents need to figure out whatever details are going to affect those, um, those choices. And then when you share it with the kids, depending on their age, you know, hopefully the kids are going to be involved if a new home is in order or a new apartment, if, if someone's moving Hopefully the kids will get to be involved um, in the excitement of that when it's, you know, when they're ready um, and the process of that. Obviously, if school's changing, that's something that they want to be considered and thought about. Um, so, you know, because this can be a really big change for kids. There can be a big shift can happen in how much time they're spending with their parents a less involved parent, maybe now doing a larger share of the parenting, the family landscape is going to change. And, um, you know, I think it's important for parents to be understanding and flexible around how their kids experience all of that. And then Shannon, is there, is there a difference really in the way, let's say that the young child would be treated during divorce versus a teenager? Um, honestly, no, I, what I see in my practice, one of the biggest mistakes I see parents make is treating their teenagers sort of like their mini adult best friend instead of realizing that they too are still a kid, even if not so little, who loves both their parents equally and should never be put in the middle. I think that's a greater temptation the older kids become. But honestly, teenagers shouldn't be treated differently. I wish all parents would be more protective of all of their kids, teens and young children, um, of the, the more conflicted, insensitive, hurtful content that happens, uh, you know, about their union and now dissolution. And I mean, to be honest, I speak from experience, not just from, um, from my practice. I'm an adult child of terribly divorced parents who never got this advice or didn't take it. Um, and they have mm. made a lifetime of, of, of putting me in the middle. And now that I'm an adult, I think they sort of rationalize it as being okay. But I still wish they would shield me from the hurt and anger that they have mm -hmm. towards each other because right. after, after 15 years being miserably married and another five years miserably divorcing, they still aren't over it, but that's what happens. And it, so what, that's what happens when it doesn't go well, I should say. Right. So, right. but whatever the age, whatever the age of your kids, they don't need to be hearing about this. And now these days that includes on social media, which thankfully I didn't have to deal with when I was a kid. Right. Um, 
um, being exposed to what's going on in, you know, in your parents' relationships, their new relationships, the, you know, the, the drama around it, um, family gatherings or play dates when, you know, when you're discussing it with other adults. Now we have to deal with kids on, they have their parents' phone, they're reading their text messages and their emails, not because of anything nefarious, but because our kids have phone, our phones and they're curious about what's going on, right? That it's just mm. part, it's part of what happens and parents have to be very mindful. I'm going to take a, I'm going to ask you to take a pause on this because this is super important. Social media. I mean, we, there's, it, we're, we're so used to posting how I feel today on Facebook or what's going on. And, the, and, you know, parents really have to be mindful about like during your divorce, reel it in, right? Like your kids, you don't be posting the truth about how you're feeling and so forth on social media. Correct. I mean, isn't that what I we're think, saying? Right. I think parents need to be very mindful about what they're sharing um, in a, a format like social media because of how it gets shared and everyone can see it. I don't think it ne- means you need to be dishonest. Um, you just need to selectively choose what you're going to share. Um and, and so, but this does require us to be thoughtful because very often at this point, you know, a parent might be used to providing that daily update. Um, and around your divorce, I think it's important to be thoughtful about the impact that that's going to have, the trickle-down effect it has on everyone. But I don't, I am not saying that I don't think it's okay for kids to understand what might be going on with their parents. It's okay for them to see your sadness when, you know, your family is changing, it's okay for you to have feelings about it. It's just important that you're able to handle your feelings in a good way so that the kids don't have to take care of you. And so that they're not, your drama isn't out there for them to clean up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're, they're not here to be your parent to like to parent the parent. Right. And so that whole, like, Learning how to deal with your emotions through this is so, so critical. So I just can't emphasize enough, enough, reach out for help if you need it. So Shannon, I'm going to, we're going to go through at least one more question before we have to take a break, maybe more. I'm just loving this and I'm so grateful you're here with us. Can you share some of the specifics about how to keep things normal for the kids, especially, I know frequently it means the home split up. So they're going to be, you know, there's home sharing, there's different ways of living. What are some of the specific advice points that you want to give on that topic? Right. So this is back to what affects the kids most. Where am I going to live? How am I going to live in two homes? What about my stuff? Um, I think it's important to know what the gold standard would be for kids. What we consider our sort of utopia is what we call co-nesting. So ideally in in a perfect world, the kids would stay in the same house and parents would go out. Sometimes they share an apartment outside of the home and they, they're both one person's one's in the apartment, the other's in the house and they go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes the most sense for kids. It works. It's very kid centric, but mm-hmm. for many parents, it's impractical or impossible. So then we're looking at, you know, parent a house and parent B house. Um, And so this back and forth life um, can become a big source of conflict 
and a battle and a battleground. And so parents really do need to work together to try and keep things stable for the kids, right? This is really where that cooperative co-parenting <laughs> comes into full focus. And so yeah. things, you know, um, things between households, if parents can have same bedtimes, same consequences, same screen time policy, um, you know, communication between households is really important if it's possible. It isn't always, but when it is, it can be really, it can be used to really help the kids to stabilize their lives. Um, when kids forget something, I, I hope parents are able to, you know, drop it off to accommodate, um, clothes hopefully can go back and forth, lunch boxes, gifts become a big issue. Can gifts go back and forth? What happens? Are kids, are, do the gifts belong to the kids or do they belong to the house? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and so, the, and these are the things where, where there can be, where kids really can get stuck in the middle. And some parents will say to me that this just isn't feasible because of their circumstances. They can't do it. And I understand that that is sometimes true, or I, I see that it mm -hmm. happens, but it, it really shows, it really, it shows that there is a conflict going on that the kids are really being put in the middle of. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that just isn't, that isn't us, that isn't parents handling the divorce as the adults. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Shannon... What are, what are you thinking, like, what are some of the most common mistakes or destructive things that you see parents doing that, you know, really as it, in terms of divorce, what are the worst things that you see that we really need to avoid? Um, yes. Yeah, so I would say the, the worst thing that kids or that parents do is saying mean things about each other to the kids, really putting them in the middle, not telling the kids together from the beginning is, is a big problem. Um, but, uh, yes, talking badly about each other, involving the kids in the details, not supporting the kids relationship with the other parent, uh, continuing to fight in front of the kids, um, you know, I, it, it's possible that, that kids have been exposed to the parents fighting for many years, but hopefully this can be a chance to start to do things differently, mm -hmm. right? Hopefully in that first family meeting, parents can come together, even if it's been war up to this point, hopefully they can come together and say, we're going to do it differently going forward. We're going to change the dynamic of our family in a healthy direction. Yeah. And um, usually, and don't you find too, like I, I at least find it with my clients, like when you finally come to terms with this relationship isn't healthy anymore, it's not supporting us as individuals in the way that it should, and you've chosen to divorce, to, to end the marriage, frequently there's this like um, release, this tension release, so the fighting can stop and you can get back to being friends. That's like, that's what we hope to have happen, that you can look for the good in the person and honor them. At least that's that's what I love to teach and work with, right? So if the tension is gone, hopefully the fighting lessens a lot, and then you can show up more as a friend and a co-parent, right? It's the energy shifts, hopefully. That's what we're aiming for. Absolutely. And so, ho and hopefully in there, they can unite, even in this division, unite around the kids 
and what is best for the kids. And again, using their, those ki- their kids as their guidepost, as their true north to try and figure out what, what should I do here? You know, I hear a lot of parents say the words, I'm doing it for the kids, saying that it's for the kids. But it's important to, to understand that anything that isn't supportive of the kid's relationship with the other parent, anything that you do that is causing conflict with the other parent is never for the kids, even though we may use those words. Um, and, and when this goes wrong, it can go terribly wrong, right? Divorce uh, can have two paths. When done well, there can be shared family holidays and school conferences where we still come together. I have families in my practice where they, the parents continually, consistently, reliably come together for the kids, for whatever the kids need. Or I see families where that, you know, the kid is being held outside the car in a Starbucks parking lot drop off and the the clothes are being ripped off because Mm -hmm. mom clothes can't go to dad's house or, or vice versa. Um, and, and, and in those examples, parents will still say they're doing it for the kids because, and and they can tell you why, but I promise you it really isn't. So if you really want to know if something is the right thing to do in your divorce, if it is something in line with a quote unquote good divorce, you just need to ask yourself it if, if it is genuinely what is best for your child. Right. And check your energy. <laughs> you know, the energy around it. We can be saying words, but how we're acting, right? It's like, check in with yourself. Are you really being a loving parent? Or are you being destructive, right? And remember, if you are, you know, when you are doing what is best for your child, that means continuing to have a respectful kind, civil relationship with their other parent, no matter how you may feel otherwise. So I'm last question, then we're going to, then we'll take a break, but Shannon, so just some high level stuff. There are those times when one parent's doing the great job, staying the adult, being loving, really trying to co-parent and the other one goes AWOL, just, they go sideways what, ha- what do you suggest if you've got one plant parent that's just straight up not going to play nice? I think uh, it's really tough. We, I mean, I've seen it happen. We know it happens. Um, and it is a tough situation. I think the best advice I could give is no matter what the other parent is doing, if you have a parent that is behaving badly, don't let them pull you down, right? It's sort of like the crabs in the pot um, <laughs> example that I, that I think my dad used to tell me, right? The crabs would be crawling out and just as one's about to get out, another one will grab it and pull it back down. But don't let them, don't let them bring you down um, and get down in the mud with them, right? So I, I encourage parents to stay calm and not escalate. I think the important thing is to try to figure out how you may no longer be the best vehicle for messages to that parent. They may not be able to hear it from you, but is there someone in their life that they do listen to that, that you can get information to so that, that that parent can receive support and information and strategy strategies around the importance of 
of, of finding a way to behave better in the divorce with the kids as the you know, central guiding principle. And so figuring out who can communicate that to them, who are they going to listen to, whether it's another family member or a professional or a friend, um, to motivate them, to get them on the same page. Because, you know, unfortunately, if both parents aren't on this page, then you, you don't have as much influence over how this experience is going to impact your kids. Right. So it's about getting good resources to communicate better and so forth. All right. I know we have to take a short break. I don't want to, but we have to take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. You said forever, you said always. Now you know things have changed and going back is not an option. It's sudden, devastating, and is like taking a leap of faith. Tune in to From Two to You, Thriving After Divorce Radio. As Sarah Lou's empowerment coach and spiritual mentor reminds you to have faith in yourself. Tune in every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific and listen as Sarah encourages you to leave negative stories in the past and move forward. We all need a friend when I do becomes I can't. Let Sarah help as life takes you in a new direction. Leave the guilt and doubt in the past, step into the spotlight and show the world who you are. To find out more about Sarah Luz, visit saraluz.com. All right, welcome back everybody. This is Sarah Luz. And my wonderful, amazing guest today is Dr. Shannon LaRock. And we've been talking about how to do divorce better as it relates to our children and making our children the true north. And Shannon, I've got to ask this question. We've been talking about it as if it's finite, divorce is happening. And I have a lot of clients, a lot of women who stay in an unhealthy relationship, in my opinion, way too long. They're staying because they always use the kids as the excuse what advice do you have in terms of those women and if they're staying just for their kids? Don't be afraid. Your divorce won't scar your kids as much as an unhealthy family system will. You know, parents don't always think about all all the different ways that the trauma can get to the kids, right? So you think if you stay, then you're preventing the trauma. But even if you don't scar them with the trauma, which again is, if you can do a good divorce, it isn't necessarily trauma. But even if you don't scar them with the trauma, you'll burden them with the message that it's honorable or at best purposeful to stay in a loveless or at worst abusive relationship with a strong chance that they may then repeat your mistakes. So... Mm. I, I would want to tell the women that you're working with that they can rewrite their story at any time to include a happy ending of their own making. And that's what they can show their kids while also 
continuing to have a decent and kind relationship with the other parent. And I'm going to elaborate on that. I know that I'm frequently telling my clients, like, how you're being in a relationship is the example your kids have for they're going to, they're, you're their mentor for what a healthy, loving relationship looks like or doesn't look like. So I think it's super important to, to address that. So Shannon, real quickly, um, so you're saying that there actually could be a healthy side to all this. There are lessons the children can learn, in other words, from their parents. Absolutely. About, I mean, just as you were saying, they are the model and you are giving them a model no matter what you're doing. So what do you want to model for them as far as what do you want them to learn about relationships from you? And, and, and parents have an opportunity to show kids through a good divorce that even though not all relationships last forever, it's okay. You know, it's an unhealthy concept, in my opinion, that the only successful relationship is one that lasts forever. It's a very difficult standard to meet. But doing by doing divorce better, you can show your kids that there are all kinds of healthy relationships and that relationships can change shape over time. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, you can actually prove to them that they have the right, they have permission to make choices that serve them and their best good always, right? I think that's so powerful. Yes. And that's what we want to teach our kids. Like, let's let's change the old paradigm about this and actually and encourage them to have good, healthy relationships, right? Absolutely. And this, I know it is hard to believe, but it divorce is also a chance to give your kids positive messages about family and commitment. Just because you're getting divorced, your obligation to your kids doesn't change. We, you know, we, we take vows to our children that last forever Mm -hmm. and, and we can continue to be part of that family forever, no matter, no matter what the circumstances are. Awesome. And I want to take a second and just let our listeners know that I am really pleased. I I convinced Shannon to be part of our divorce transition um, program that we're offering this fall, which is called the Divorce Empowerment Program. Shannon's going to be taking um, one of those modules and going in deep and giving all of our um, members advice on how to really have the tools and skill sets to be a parent and get through this in the best way. And that is a 12-week program. It's going to be a deep dive into lots of content um, from how to prepare for your attorney, how to do your finances, how to deal with your real estate, and much, much more. If you're interested in learning more about that program, I know that we posted a, a page on my host page here at Transformation Talk Radio's and if um, you can't find it there or whatever, just email us at info at That's info at And there's special pricing until August 1st. So I hope that you will go and check that out. So Shannon, we've got some time left. I'm so glad because I have so much more I want to talk to you about. Yes. So what is your best advice for mothers going through the divorce that we haven't covered yet? What are some of the other points that need to be made. Okay. Um, let's see. What's the best advice I wish I could give the families I see early on. Um, I think the 
if I could get to families early, I would want to tell them to stay out of the courtroom. Spend your money on a therapist or two or a collaborative mediator. Mm-hmm. They'll spend less. They'll be far happy. Or they can spend everything and be miserable. I, it, it seems obvious to me. But you would be surprised how many parents choose litigation as the way to solve these problems. I think they frequently don't even know, Shannon, from my experience. They don't even know that they're not, that's not their only option. And it's a very, um, the whole litigation path tends to be very aggressive and nasty and contentious. And there is another path. The whole uh, mediation piece is, is what we always recommend. Yes, it makes a giant difference. And in part, it's knowledge and access to the right professionals, right? Collaborative mm-hmm. professionals that can help get you in the right direction instead of lawyers who may encourage the fight. But it's also an emotional struggle for parents because to some degree, it is easier to fight. It feels good. It's, (laughs) you know, it makes me think of what I always tell my kids that I work with. Anger is SAD's bodyguard. It protects us. It makes us feel powerful. Okay. I'm making you stop for a second. That is so good. Would you repeat that? That is so good. Anger is SAD's bodyguard, right? So when we're feeling sad, anger steps out to make us feel better and, and take over and protect SAD. And it makes us feel strong and powerful. And it makes us feel better until it leaves us feeling worse. Mm-hmm. Because... The anger can destroy things in its wake, and then we're left with cleaning up the damage. But in the short term, it makes us feel stronger and better. But it's not, you know, it's just an illusion. Um, and 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 so in some cases, in with these families, you may I may be advocating that the parents have a better relationship during their split and after their split than they did in their marriage. And I, I hope they do. It's what is best for the kids. What is best for the kids is if the parents can work past their issues or through their issues, find a way to have a decently respectful and kind relationship with each other for the emotional health and well-being of their kids. And I really believe that if they use their kids as their true North, it will, it will put them on the right path to that, to that growth as a family. And it is, I hope your kids are, you know, the issue that can unite you above all. Which is so powerful. And, you know, I, I mean, I genuinely believe that like, you know, at this point in your life, this is a transition. And at this point in your life, it might be when you need more support and more help in the area of self-development, learning how to control your anger, learning how to deal with your grief, learning how to deal with all of these emotions that for many of us, we were never taught how to deal with. Now's the time to learn that and model a better way to deal with our emotions in front of our kids, right? So It's not just your kids that are learning. It's you. You're learning. This is a chance for you to grow. Right. But you have to see it that way. You have to approach it that way. If you think it's the end, then it will be the end. It will feel like the end, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be the end for you. It doesn't have to be the end 
for your kids. You know, we were talking earlier about what to, you know, what do we share with the kids? What's appropriate? What's relevant? And there are lots of things that I, I hope you don't share with your kids. I hope you protect your kids from, but what I do hope that parents find a way to share with their kids when they're ready, when the kids are ready, when the parents are ready is their excitement over what is in the future, what may be to come. And I know it might be scary. I know it is scary for, for the parents, for the kids it is, but it's also as long as the, the parents believe that they're going to be okay, that's what matters the most. If they believe they're going to be okay, the kids will too. And we tell the kids that through our messages, through our meta messages, through our practical details. And we tell them that by showing them that we're going to be okay too, that we're going to grow from this. We're going to learn from it. We're going to reach out to professionals when we need it. We're going to heal our wounds through it. And we're going to protect our kids and show them that divorce is honestly just the beginning of something else. It's a transition and hopefully it's a transition into something that's way more healthy, way more enlightening and lifting for you. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about empowering you to find what really is your best choice. It has been such a pleasure, Shannon, to have you on the show today. I can't thank you enough. This has been Dr. Shannon LaRock, and I am just so grateful for all your beautiful advice that you shared with our listeners today, Shannon. Thank so, you so much, Sarah. Yes, thanks for being here. So uh, this is my final show on Transformation Talk Radio. I'm going to be moving into a another podcast soon, but I just wanted to take a second to tell all of our listeners how grateful I've been to be part of this, and I'm grateful for the great team at the studio for helping me put this together over the past few months. And I just know for each and every person out there listening, there is the possibility of doing divorce better I hope that you'll get in touch with me and let me teach you how. My name again is Sarah Luce, and you can go to my website. It's just sarahluce.com and learn about all the amazing programs we're doing. And hopefully you can even join Shannon and I this fall for the Divorce Empowerment Program. And as always, I'm sending you off with much love and light. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to From Two to You, Thriving After Divorce Radio. Be sure to tune in every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific as Sarah takes you further along the path to thriving in your brave new world. It's hard to leave, whether it's been 10 months or 10 years. Sarah understands what women go through in their hearts, spirits, and lives after divorce. Tune in as Sarah Luz, empowerment coach and spiritual mentor, teaches you how to achieve living life for your first great love, you. If you missed any part of this show or want to find out more about Sarah Luz and her From Two to You Thriving After Divorce program, visit sarahluz.com. If you missed any part of this show or want to find out more about Sarah Luz and From Two to You Thriving After Divorce program, visit sarahluz.com. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.